0: Praise God. Amen. Please, you may be seated. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Uh, I welcome you to this second service. Um, I believe the fast is going very well for you. Yeah? Many of you are wishing that we make this 40 days, but uh, I know, right? So, uh... I was saying on Friday that I I think somebody told me that uh, Mr. Boston said, we now know that food is overrated, yeah? So you don't have to eat, you know? Yeah. But the fact that you are not eating does not mean that you are fasting, you know? So food is overrated. You can go. You should be able to go from now. You move on to the next level. You do seven days dry. (coughs) And then my son is doing 40 days dry. You start hearing the voice of angels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a.k.a. hallucination. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. But um, the fast is to discipline us so we can um, hear God. That's what the fast is. The fast does not change the hand of God. It is not a bribe. Okay. So um, today we want to continue in our, in our talk, in our sermon titled The King of Hearts. The King of Hearts part two. And our messages are available on podcast. So if you go into any of the podcast, any of the recognizable podcast service and you type in Gateway Chapel, it's the one with the black logo. So uh, feel free to listen. During this fast, make sure you saturate your mind with the word of God. Amen. No distractions. Stay focused and we are going to be going for it every single year, every single day of this year, because we're not, the Bible says, while men step the enemy came and so tears. We, we are going for our aspirations, our dreams. We are believing God. We are going to take everything God has to offer for us. The Lord bless you as you do in Jesus' name. The King of Hearts, part two. God trades in hearts. There's only one thing God is interested in, Your heart your heart, your heart. Christianity is a faith of the heart, you know? So Proverbs 23 summarizes it all. He says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. And we talked about a stony heart last week. And we also talked about a lifted heart. A, a stony heart, a heart that is cold. A lifted heart, a heart that forgets God and forgets those who have helped them. Well, the, our faith is a faith of the hearts because it talks about we deal with issues of eternity. The issues of eternity. The gospel of Jesus is the gospel of eternity. And if you look at the message of Jesus throughout his time, he addresses most of the issues he addressed were character issues. The issues, that issues of the heart were the issues that Jesus addressed. Because your heart is very important in your journey to eternity. The gospel of Jesus is not the gospel of prosperity, even though he prospers all of us. The gospel of Jesus is not the gospel of healing, even though he heals us. You know, and they can choose not to heal you. The gospel of Jesus is not the gospel of needs. The gospel of Jesus is not the gospel of success. It is not a gospel of success motivation. It is not a gospel of personal development, even though we grow and we develop as we serve Him. The gospel of Jesus is about eternity. Where will you spend eternity? Are you going to hell, or are you going to heaven? He said, "But pastor, uh, but uh, what if uh, hell is not real? You want to find out. By the time you find out, it may be too late for you. That's why the gospel of Jesus is to terminate spiritual wickedness. There are two areas where people underrate." Uh, They don't really. They're not strong in faith. They're not strong in when it comes to spiritual warfare. And they're not strong in the place of the word of God. So I pray that during this fast we will discover ourselves, take our our true, take take roots downwards, in Jesus' mighty name. Also, I also want you to use this time to ask God for the reason why God has called you. I'm believing God that our. I'm believing God that God will give me the grace and the opportunity to pastor a church where every member has a message. He said, before you were born, I knew you, I called you, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So use this fast to find out what your message is. Your message. We are all called to be a crusader for something, yeah? Not your jobs. There's a message in your jobs. He said, I love what I do, yes. For bread and butter but there is a message what is that message the bible says this ministry bible the, the, the word that god gave us about this ministry is that in the last days Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2 the mountain of the lord's house shall be established and it shall be established above every other mountain and then people will come and say let us go to the house of the lord he will teach us his ways because they recognize that the ways of God is what has made you who you are and placed you on your mountain. So there's a message that God wants to give to you that will form the basis of winning souls to the Lord. Does that make sense? So find out during this fast, find out. i was using an example of a uh, Jamie Oliver in the first service. i said Jamie Oliver was uh, a mere chef or cook until he found the message and his message was to fight obesity in children. Because of that young man, they have altered school meals, yeah? Because he was no longer looking at making money and being famous and being popular. Popularity will win, fame will diminish, but your message cannot leave you. So find your voice, find your message, find your message find your message. So we continue in our, uh, in our title, King of Hearts. And so we're going to be looking at the third kind of heart. It's a hardened heart. <coughs> a hardened heart. A hardened heart. Hebrews 3 verse 15. A hardened heart. Hebrews 3 verse 15. Can we read this together very quickly? One to go. Uh today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion praise the Lord it says do not harden your heart as in the rebellion a hardened heart a stony heart has no feelings a hardened heart has feelings but when it comes to a particular issue it flexes its muscles yeah please Bring the cameras on back on so for of those who have, who are sitting behind the pillars, who can see the pulpit. Yeah. This particular issue, when it comes to this issue, <coughs> stiffen up. The heart gets hardened. I went to see uh, the pharmacy pharmacist, and uh, he was um, going to give me um, yellow fever vaccination because I was going to a, go to an African country. And I said, drop your hand and relax your hand. Relax your hand. <laughs> Me and needles, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> I said, relax your hand. Relax. I said, is this, you? is this for you to say? You are the one with the needle. He said, I, you, you are holding that dangerous weapon. And I asked him to relax my hand. You know, so he said, he, said, he, said, he said, look, he said, relax. He said, you are, so, you, are so, you are so stiff. You know, then I relaxed. When he pulls back, I relax my hands. When they come close to me, I will go like that. He said, relax. I said, "Ha." So a hardened heart, when it comes to a specific issue, tighten up. You don't need a hardened heart. God trades in hearts. A hardened heart, he will not accept. You are all okay in every area, but for this issue. You are all okay in every area. You look fine in every area, but this matter. a hardened heart. We are all okay in this area, but this temper issue, this temper issue, this anger problem. And you say, ah, but you need to understand. Uh, if you find yourself saying people should understand, you have a hardened heart. These lies I can't help myself. Hadn't had this pornography you are watching. Hadn't had. Hadn't had this tithe thing. I love Christianity, but this this one this tithe thing, hadn't had. It hadn't had. We can talk about everything else, but my relationship with my boo. I know, I know, I know, he's not born again, but I will convert him. They uh, hadn't heard. They hadn't heard. I enjoyed that. Yes. You and I know. He said, I know, I know, I know, I know what you are going to say. And that's a he hadn't heard. I know, I know. We can talk about this whole issue. Anything we can talk about. But the father I'm having sex with my boo. But you know I'm going to marry him now. We plan to marry, isn't it? Yeah, so uh is it uh uh-huh, yes, you want to go and uh, go religious on me now, eh? Yeah? Mrs. Spiritual. That's a hardened heart. That's a hardened heart. Can talk about everything, but it's my mini skirt. Sally, 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 is it too short? Is it too short? Is it too short? Is it too short? By the time we are calling Sally, yeah. just follow what your heart is telling you. I don't know, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, pastors have imaginations. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We can talk about anything, but this alcohol. You know Jesus turned water into wine. Uh, what do you think he was trying to say? I'm just a social drinker. Just once in a while when I'm with my friends, uh, when I need to relax. They hardened the heart. They hardened the heart. They hardened had. the heart. Had. Praise the Lord. You need to leave that issue alone, no? Uh, I'm so disappointed. You should be the one supporting me. I had. a hardened the heart. Christianity is, is a Christianity of the heart. A hardened heart. Number four, a wounded heart. Psalm 109, verse 22. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I have gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken off like a locust because my heart is wounded. You don't need a wounded heart. Examine your heart and make sure it's not wounded. A wounded heart. You can be around the church and have a wounded heart. You can move around the people and have a wounded heart. These hearts are very important. They are things that we need to be mindful of, brothers and sisters, because God has called us to uh, a life of a life of righteousness. Our righteousness and our salvation is not of our own making, but now that we have accepted Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, there's a heart requirement. He says, my son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. You can't keep doing the wrong thing, and there are certain things that you need to drop off. So what wounds a heart? Offenses. People will offend you. But it's part of, the greed, part of the game. Part of life. To be offended is part of life. Offenses is part of life. All manner of offenses. There's only one place where you can never be offended when you die. No feelings. But you don't want to die. So live and be offended or die without an offense. Which one do you want? I'm sure you want to live. You understand? Because you can pray that prayer this night and say, uh, I'm tired of being offended. Let me just die. And the one that gave you the breath will say, thank you very much. Then tomorrow morning you won't wake up. Uh, But you won't do that. So offenses are part of life. They are. Color to life. All manner, of ot- all manner of offenses. The more, the merrier. <laughs> Seriously, people will offend you, but it's part of life. You should be grateful. The fact that you are offended means that you have you know people. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, thank God. But don't you know that in this nation there are people who are lonely? There are people who are praying for to have people around them who will offend them. You don't know who are lonely. Are you not blessed that the whole you people are offending you? That's a privilege. That's a privilege. Different kinds of friends. Friends from friends. He said. That, I said. I didn't say. Is that because you have friends? Yeah? He said, I don't like people offending me, but you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. You like friends, you like offenses. <laughs> Financial offenses. I gave him this money, didn't pay back. That's an offense. Yeah? I gave him this money, didn't pay back. He said, He'll pay back in three months' time. This is three years after. When he came b- b- begging for the money, he was quoting scriptures. <laughs> <coughs> you understand, eh? hmm But now when he sees me at the car park, mm-hmm. he just look at uh, just drive around. they financial offenses. But are we not happy that you are the one that they came to, to borrow money from? Is it not because that you are perceived to have money, that's why they came to borrow money from you? When I was poor, nobody asked me for money. <laughs> now, when you ask me for money, I'm so grateful to God that uh, I have been put among the class of those who have the capacity to give. <laughs> what a privilege, you understand? Mm-hmm. Financial offence, finances. Please just borrow me this, I'll give you tomorrow. Mm. Yes, yeah, hear some people say borrow shoes. Know, you know, that shoe you have goes to my dress. Can I just have it for this party? That was eight months ago. How about the books you borrowed? Can I have Oh, is it nice read? OK, please, I, I need to just borrow this book for a second. OK. After, after I've read this, I'll return it back to you. We are waiting for them to come and beg you and send you a mystery so you can return the book. Yeah. So. Offences are normal, so we don't. No big deal. How about marital offences? Oh, ah. if you don't want to be offended, don't marry. As a permanent source of offence. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> oh yeah. <coughs> you guys don't make me laugh. I'm, tr- I'm managing myself, right? let <laughs> how have well. I know the supply from that one doesn't end. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you just open a tap. It's just constantly supplying. (laughs) Ah, Marital offense. So when we say marital bliss, it doesn't mean that there's no offense. No. It means that we are two Christians who have submitted our hearts to Jesus as our Lord. That's what it means. Look no, 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 no offense. Ah, uh-uh. Even me by myself, alone with myself, my shadow and my image. Uh-uh. I'm offended. Uh-uh. Walk past the mirror, look at me. I said, why, why, why are you reflecting me like that? I'm slimmer than that. <laughs> Wicked mirror. Give me pot belly. Are you serious? Offense is adds colors to life. Praise the Lord. Life is not like football. When somebody is hurt in a football match, <laughs> the match stops. We attend to the one who is hurt. Because you've been wa- watching football, you think th- that's life. When I'm hurt, everything should stop. No. Nothing stops. They won't even notice you are hurt. You are the only one who knows you are hurt. Everyone is consumed by their own game. Life is not a football match. The match will not stop because you are hurt. No. 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 A wounded heart. So what do I do, pastor, if I'm wounded? Very good question. You do four things. Number one, mediation. You can't afford to go through life with a wounded heart. You can't make it. You can't make it. Wounded soldiers don't fight at war, and life is war. So where do you start? Where do you start? Mediation. Seek counsel immediately, put the matters on the table and talk about it, so as to eliminate the enemy. Number two, make a decision quickly about the outcome of that counsel. Number three, move on and move on quickly. Why? Because your life is still ahead of you. You can't be 52 and be wounded. I've that wound for a long time. I'm 52. You don't think I've been wounded before? You don't know how many church members wound me? And it's only sheep version you hear. You don't hear pastor's version. So as you carry that wound, I'm only 52. I'm only 52. I'm never at my prime yet. So you can't afford to go through life with a wounded heart. That's self-sabotage. That's aiding and abetting the devil. So move on and move on forcefully. Do you understand? And number four, mend your heart with prayers. Mend your heart what? With prayers and make sure that heart is healed, and get back to the war front. If not, you can die where you are. That wound can become become infected. I know what happens with wounds when they are infected. Virus comes in, germs come in, that can take you out. You may not die, but (laughs) you'll be a walking dead. Number four, a bitter heart. Is that number four? Okay. I give the sermon, you do the counting. A bitter heart. Proverbs 14, verse 10. The heart knows its own what? Bitterness. And a stranger does not share its joy. Bitter heart. Bitter heart. When you have a bitter heart, you are you usually have a very strong resentment over an issue or a person. Resentment, strong resentment. You know, your people who have bitterness, their faces are always distorted. There is no amount of makeup you put on that kind of face. Do you understand? When you drink something bitter, your face changes. You think you are smiling, but we can see, because bitterness is a spirit. I, you, can be, you can be walking around like, like you are selling toothpaste, <laughs> and we see that this person is bitter. But the more you smile, the more we know that you are bitter. <laughs> bitterness. Bitterness, strong resentment, contortion. Bitterness can be cancerous. My grandma many years ago gave me something to drink. I was feeling feverish. And she said, came to spend time with the family. I said, I know something that will make you well. And I said, ah, because his grandma, I mistakenly associated anything, anything sweet, it must come from grandma. I said, I have this drink for you, my child. I said, ah, thank you, grandma. She said, just swallow just it. It's nice. I, with my eyes wide open, full of expectation, expecting the sweetness to hit my palate. Goggle this green liquid. Oh, man, I felt like snapping, it, you know, pulling my tongue out of my mouth. I went to this frenzied shock. Instantly I was sweating. My grandma was looking at me like <laughs> she said it was he said it's a very nice drink I made for you from bitter leaf. I looked at the grandma. Huh? She said, you see you are sweating. I told you we walk. <laughs> Bitterness. Bitterness of heart. Changes the contours of your face, bitterness. I was saying in the first ever I mean, when I where I come from, we, we have many children. In my own family, we have eight siblings. If you don't have that problem in England. Just give birth to one, two, one, two, one, two, maximum three, four. You just stop there. But where I come from, six. You just warming up. <laughs> yeah. God gave us a womb for something. Yeah. Got eight siblings. And in Africa, where I come from, you know, the first one is a girl, second, second one, a girl, third one, a girl. That's license to continue. Say, <laughs> so what are you looking for? I so say, we are looking for a boy. <laughs> but the problem of having eight children is that. One of them will always look like the uncle you hate. (laughs) So every time you see that kid, I think, go and do the dishes. They say, but but Tommy is playing outside. Uh uh I think, go and clean the place. (laughs) Look at your face. (laughs) (laughs) If you find yourself loving one child over the other, you have a bitter heart. Sort it out you find yourself loving one child more than the other, you have a bitter heart. Sort it out. You understand bitterness of heart? Say, look at your head. Your head like your father's head. (laughs) (coughs) Bitterness. Bitterness. Bitterness always makes you look so serious. Look so serious all the time, because you are constantly frowning. Whenever you drive, you know there are some people when they do, when they are driving, all the, the traffic lights will just turn green. <laughs> but every traffic light cannot afford to stop you. I say, I say, oh, that face. <laughs> <laughs> Can't spend a second here. Tongue green, tongue green, tongue green. Let him go. Well, when people like us are coming, we don't have anything in our hearts. That's just on red. Because the light fancies us. (laughs) Bitterness. Bitterness causes resentment. Resentment towards brothers, resentment towards sisters. Many of you are not greeting your siblings, you are fighting your cousin and you say you are a born-again spirit-free Christian, you're not born nothing, not born nothing. There's no Jesus in your heart, just faking this thing. I'm telling you, you can't have the spirit of the Lord and be fighting your sibling and hold them in contempt and then hold them in malice, and then you say I'm a born-again spirit-free Christian. You are worshiping an idol you don't know. See, the bitterness causes resentment. Many years ago when the church was young, I used to tell the church, please look at me. I am not your former pastor. Don't judge me with your previous experience. Isn't it amazing how some people can still carry resentment? Hmm. Me and church, we are over, but you are in church. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you punishing us for what happened years ago? Resentment. Wounded heart. Bitter heart. You are still bitter. That's why you are not doing anything. You are still bitter. How long will it take you to check a church out? You spent one year. <laughs> Maybe you have spent two years. Maybe you have spent three months. You are still checking the church out. Eh? No. You have a bitter heart. Get rid of it. This is not you. This is this is what the what's this is what the situation of life has made you turn you into. Number five, six. Okay, unforgiving heart. Matthew eight seven. It says, "Woe to the world because woe to the world because of offenses." For offenses must come. Tell your neighbor offenses must come. Offense no, tell come. the one behind you say offenses must come. Offense and so get on with it. Mm-hmm. Say, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. So offenses must come. So you must learn to forgive and forgive quickly. Learn to forgive and forgive quickly. Unforgiving heart is not easily pacified. Unforgiving heart is not easily pacified. How do you want it to say so- sorry? He said, yes, 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 yes. And she says sorry, but she didn't mean it. Are you in the heart? <laughs> no, it's just there's a way they say sorry. <laughs> the way they say sorry. They say sorry. What is sorry? Sorry. 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 Sorry is sorry. Take it on face value. They have said sorry, not enough. They begged. Un- an unforgiving heart is not easily pacified. They begged. Not enough. Bought flowers. Not enough. Bought chocolate. It's the chocolate. <laughs> I still kept the frown. Unforgiving heart is not easily pacified. Unforgiving husbands, unforgiving wives, create tension at home. Unforgiving heart makes you old. It steals the real you. You know these issues, they eat you from a wounded heart, a bitter heart, a stony heart, a hardened heart. These issues no man can see. That's why Jesus, that's why the Bible says, my son, give me your heart. I need your heart for this journey. Give me your heart. I want to challenge you not to give Jesus a wounded heart. No. Don't give him a a hardened heart. No. Don't give him an unforgiving heart. Say, forgive us this day as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see. Say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So we get rid of unforgiving heart. Makes an old version of you. Turn you old very quickly. So if we talk about chronological years, it's like just add 25 years to your face. That's what unforgiveness does. And it can cause cancer. Mm. Uh, Don't quote me. (laughs) <laughs> Number five, seven. A disappointed heart. Proverbs thirteen twelve, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Disappointed heart. Ah, this one. Disappointed heart. By the age of 52, by now, I thought I would be the Prime Minister of England. Disappointed heart. I thought that by now, at the age of 52, I should be living in a five bedroom house driving a Mercedes. <laughs> Disappointed heart. Look at me now. Just look at my life. My mates have retired because I'm pursuing another man's dream disappointed hearts. Hope defied makes the heart sick. I said when at the age of 20 I will find I'll meet my boyfriend at the age of 21, we will engage at the age of 22. Hmm. We will travel around the world at the age of 23, we will get married and we'll get married in Singapore so they can sing for me. <laughs> hmm. And my wedding gown will be very long in fact, when I'm at the altar, I'll still be outside. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hmm. But once the designer's wedding gown for me, hmm, 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 the lack of it will never be. The one who designed it will lose his senses. Can only create it. <laughs> That's how good it will be. Well. But here am I now? I'm 35, and I'm getting married next year. And the man says he's not going to Singapore. <laughs> and I will really he up for the wedding dress? I'm disappointed. Hmm. At the age of 29, I will have had my two children done and dusted. Mm. One will be called prince. The other will be called princess. <laughs> it up. But now you are 37. This is not what I planned for myself. This is not what I saw. They are disappointed. Don't be disappointed because it's your God who appointed you. He's the one that has your plan. He's the one that has your program. You are disappointed because you have measured yourself with the wrong measurement. Measure yourself with the measurement of the father. And you will find that there is no disappointment at all. Hannah thought she was disappointed. How can I come to Shiloh without a child? But the prophet prayed for her, like I can pray for you all the time. But what Hannah didn't know was that God was t- setting her up to produce the best prophet the nation ever knew. Today she will be. Thanking God for their weight. And I, I, I'll, take, I'll take a Samuel over seven mopeds. I'll wait for my Samuel. I'll wait. Spend 14 years and wait for that Samuel. Then have 10 Judases. Don't be disappointed. Hope defiled makes the heart sick. Praise the Lord. Amen. Disappointed hearts—it's terrible. Don't be disappointed. If you feel disappointed, tell yourself, "My timetable time is run by heaven, Amen. and the angel, angels of God are my project managers. God's time is always the best time, and I will never lose out on anything." So don't be disappointed. A disappointed heart. This issue. We can never tell who is disappointed, can we? We all dress in nice fancy clothes and do high flying jobs, but the issues of the heart no man can see. Number eight. A weak or degenerate heart. Ezekiel sixteen fourteen, sixteen thirty. How degenerate is your heart, says the Lord. Seeing you do all these things, the deeds of a brazen harlot. It talks about um, lack of disloyalty to the things of God. You understand? A degenerate heart cannot serve God consistently. A degenerate heart will always place things above God. It says, don't have a degenerate heart. The Father, you gave your life to Jesus. July fourth, six PM nineteen eighty eight, does not mean that you still have Jesus. Does it? Doesn't. Does it? Are you still is your fire still burning? Or are you an empty shell? Is your fire still burning? Is this the best of Jesus? Is this all you've got for your salvation? Is this all you have to offer? I mean, seriously, is this all you have to offer? Is this all your heart has to offer? A degenerate heart places things above their love for Christ. It says, a brazen harlot. It's called spiritual harlotry. Everything goes. You stand for nothing spiritual, and your depth on spirituality is shallow. It says, a degenerate heart. They go from strength to strength as they appear before him in Zion. But you are weak because of a degenerate heart. A degenerate heart is not fervent for the Lord. Just look at your home. Can we just appraise the spiritual activities that take place in your home sincerely? You see, so we must submit our degenerate heart to Jesus to touch it, to touch it, and say, Lord, heal my heart. When you are among those who are hot, you are hot. When you are among those who are warm, you are warm. When you are among those who are cold, you are cold. When you are most friends who swear, you swear. When you have friends who are neutral, among those friends who are neutral, you are neutral. You are all things to all men, and yet you say, I'm for Christ. No. The Bible says you have a degenerate heart. The heart of spiritual halotry. There is no depth, there is no fervency. You know, there is no fire. So the degenerate heart, we must ask God to touch today, and ask Him to heal us of it. Praise the Lord. And the last one, I mean, let me give you one more scripture on this. First Kings eleven. I pull up the scripture. First Kings eleven. First Kings. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Isn't it interesting how he just forgot his heritage? The daughter of Pharaoh. 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 That this is written in scripture, how your God rescued your whole lineage. You went to marry the daughter of Pharaoh. Of all places. You have a degenerate heart when you take pleasure in the things God hates. You know it is wrong. You know it is wrong. If, you are, if it is pure ignorance, no problem. But you know it is wrong. And you still do it. That's a degenerate heart. Hey? Eh? You know it is wrong. That's a degenerate heart. That's what he's saying. So as well love women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Edomites just give me, give me anything. Any, so so if, you have a, if you have anything goes life, you have a degenerate spirit. Last, but not the least, an overwhelmed heart. Psalm 61 from verse 1. Oh God, listen. Okay, I like the scripture. I like this version. Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend to my prayer. Next verse. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. So there's overwhelmed heart. Overwhelmed heart. My heart has been overwhelmed several times. As a pastor, I feel my heart has been more overwhelmed as a pastor than when I was not a pastor. Because I didn't understand God's people. <laughs> I learned from experience. Ooh. When my heart is overwhelmed, I come here and I cry unto the Lord. You know? It says when my heart is overwhelmed, overwhelmed heart, it's part of life. But thank God that you Engage enough for your heart to be overwhelmed. So but when your heart's overwhelmed, you know what to do? You don't complain, you don't murmur, you're not bitter, you're not wounded. So I give you a recipe. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I'm sure you know that song. Wake up in the morning, start your car, the car wouldn't start. Yeah? You call AA, they say your license, your, your membership has expired, so you need to pay. They come, you pay. But meanwhile, it's, it's already the 14th of the month. Money has run out. You get to the office that day. Your boss called you and said your report was rubbish. And you are furious. What are you wondering what to do? You get a phone call from the school. They say, ah, your son has been naughty. Then you get back home, say, I'm going to have a conversation with my son. While you're having that conversation, you get a phone call, they say, please send money home. <laughs> and then you turn and say, "Will someone please kill me?" <laughs> but right now, I just, well, I just feel I want to die. And you I want to start crying. There are no tears. <laughs> you know, there's a way. You there's a way. There's a way. Have you to before? I mean, you know, you you just so overwhelmed. Even your tear ducts won't cooperate. Have you ever been there before? Have you, been to try, have you tried to pray? I don't know about you. There are times I just have uh, uh, nothing. Uh, will, even my eyes won't cooperate. Like, are you serious? That's okay. I'm going to pray. I will come here. I'll just roll on the floor. I don't want to pray. But my spirit is saying so many things. But hears I could because mm, 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 I'm overwhelmed. These are the hearts that we have. Rise your feet and let us pray. You know, it doesn't matter what the heart is, we can submit it to Jesus today. We can submit it. Mm. I submit my wounded heart to the Lord, I submit my unforgiving heart to the Lord. Uh -uh. I remember my first the one hard one that I that I I had to rest to shake that one off It was a young man many years ago came to me and said God said that I am Elisha you are Elijah and I took the guy into my house fed him silly nurtured him Uh -uh. put him in my uh, there's, there's nothing I didn't give him Nothing. Nothing. He started my. Uh, he ate. He used my phone. Ran my bills. Was calling Africa with my phone and landline. When it was done, came to church one day. Where's Elijah? He said, Oh, he's not into today. <laughs> uh, you are laughing. Uh, hey. Where is Elijah? He said he's not in church today. Uh uh-huh. uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Following Sunday, where's Elijah? Uh-huh. I said, Well, oh, Pastor, we have been calling him. He's not picking up his phone. But uh-huh. the thought Sunday, I was in palpitating. What's going on? Elijah. <laughs> i my Elijah. Till today. No, I heard from Elijah. 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 Disappeared. I have stories as a pastor, I'm telling you, that thing, I didn't see it coming. Oh, like a boat from the blue hit me, I was hurt, I was upset, I felt I should have seen that coming, I felt cheated, my home i mean, my home, man. So I made the resolution. No, church member will ever enter my house again. <laughs> and God said, that's, an, that's a, an unforgiving heart. They will come to your home. In fact, all of them will come to your home. I said, no, he said they will come to your home wrestled with it until i gave my heart to jesus i can give you other accounts like that it's the only sheep that has story the figure is only it's only sheep that pastors get hurt too you want me to tell you stories no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so my heart too has been overwhelmed i've struggled with some forgiveness too as well church members, but I gave it to Jesus because it's not worth the fight. I cannot lead this ministry with an unforgiving heart. If not, the church will stop growing. I cannot lead this ministry with a wounded heart. If not, it will stop growing. And whatever they do to me is nothing compared to what they did to my master. See, those he died for nailed him on the cross, and that's not my portion so I think I have one up on Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Every bow your heads in prayer. I'm going to give two, uh, two calls. The first call is, bow your, bow your heads in prayers. Please bow your heads in prayer. It's a very sensitive call I'm going to make. If you look around, you will carry whatever you see. Don't look around. The church is a laundrette. We are all seekers. Okay? If you are here and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, raise your hand. I pray with you. End of story. There's nothing to be shy about it. I got born again in 1998. 1988. Took, took a call. That changed my life forever. You are here and you're not born again. Just I want to pray with you. Okay, that's the first call. Second call. I don't know which of these hearts resonates with you. I don't know if it's a unforgiving heart. I don't know which one resonates with you. Whether you are overwhelmed this morning, whether you are disappointed, whether it's a bitter heart, unforgiving heart, stony heart, whatever it is, a wounded heart, hardened heart. But Pastor, my heart, ne- my heart needs fixing. Bow your heads and raise your hand where you are. I just want to pray, want to pray with you. Thank you for your honesty. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We have all come with our hearts. You said, My son give me your heart. But here it is, Father. It may not be a great heart, but this is what we have. But we ask that you make it right for us. We ask that you heal our hearts. We ask that you, you heal this heart and repackage it and represent it to yourself. We ask that you turn this heart towards you. We ask that you restore to us, Father, the joy of our salvation. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We come as we are, mere mortal, just men and women whose hearts yearn to know you more. We ask for your healing. We ask for your mercy. We ask that you turn our hearts around, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray for every hand lifted here. I pray for a supernatural healing of these hands and these hearts in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. They will return with testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please, you may be seated. It's offering time.